0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, family. Good morning. Merry, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's still Christmas. I think we uh, we have to break the mold of of being in a secular, godless world where they take the Christmas tree down right after Christmas, where technically in, in the church, we actually put up our Christmas trees now and we should be still saying Merry Christmas to each other. So it is still Christmas, so you can continue eating all the sweets that you want. That's what I'm doing right now. So um, there is a there is a, a a cost. There is a cost to be made in worshiping God. And I think as I think about you know how the church Last week was filled with people, and there was people standing, and then, you know, like every year, you know, we come back, and, you know, the church is half full, half empty. Um, it's a cost to get up, to say, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up out of my bed. I'm going to make that journey to go back to church. I'm going to make that journey to come back, even though I'm tired, and I don't have the energy and I don't even think praying makes a difference. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to go. People don't want to make that, pay that price, right? Today we see these wise men, and, you know, in some traditions they say that they were kings, but they weren't really actually kings. They were religious leaders, and um, they were very much into reading the stars um, according to their religion. They were actually uh, Zoroastrians, and, and, and they were technically, some say, that they were Chaldean. Um, and so, this is why you see the stars, you know, in our church. It's a, a sign of, of our tradition, of, of, our, of our heritage. They read the stars, and, and, and not that we are to be uh, reading the stars. We're not supposed to be into astrology. God met them where they were. So, in their tradition, in their religion... They knew that certain stars, certain constellations meant that a king was to be born. And so these three wise men, they're called wise because even though they themselves have a lot, and they have a lot of wisdom, and they have a lot of power, and they probably have a lot of luxury, they're wise in that they realize that there's somebody bigger than them. That takes a lot. Because the minute you and I become this much bigger than we actually really are, it gets to our head. And we begin to start thinking that we're bigger than God and we're bigger than the people around us. But these men were wise. They realized that no matter how much they have, no matter how much wisdom and power they have, at the end of the day, it has to be all at the feet of God. And who is God? They recognize that Jesus is God. Wow. Think of the cost of their journey. You know, they're, they're probably um, coming and spending probably over a month, maybe even more, traveling. Some people say it could have taken them up to three months travel. Again, I said this in my Christmas homily. They didn't have a, 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 a plane ticket. They didn't have a, a, a Delta a plane ticket here, right? And, and there's no Uber, and there's no cars, and this is, they, they're, they're traveling on, on animals. They go through all of that suffering, their money. They probably have to spend so much money in this travel. They probably um, are, are, are exhausted. They go through all of this, to worship God. Here we are. We're, we're in a church. We're in a world where church is open and we can worship God. And we're choosing other things. It's too much to come to church on Sundays. Or it's too much to, to get up and go to the chapel. It's too much to pick up my Bible. It's too much to talk to God. It's too much. I I got other bigger things going on. You know, these men—they bring three gifts that symbolize gifts that you and I, if we're going to worship God properly, we have to bring God. We have to, because it—it is our—it is our duty, and it is His right as God. His right as God, not our right. I think we get that mixed up when we come to God. Oftentimes we treat God like he is our servant. He's working for me. I'm the boss, and if he doesn't do what I want him to do, if if I pray this novena one more time and I don't get the result that I want, then what's the point in praying anymore? Oftentimes we treat God that way, don't we? They realize that, no, no, we're not God. We're not the boss. We're not in charge here they realize that everything that they have is is to be given to God because it belongs to him the very first thing that they bring as their gift is they bring gold gold is what's given to a king today are we bringing our gold to god what do i mean by this what i mean by this is are we putting the material things in our life in proper order meaning do i recognize that the material gold in my life the real actual jewelry and the material things that i have in my life am i looking at those things and am i focusing too much on those things that in some ways, whether I want to admit this or not, are taking more of a precedence in my life than God is. That I'm so focused on how much money I have that you could say that money has become my God because it's all I think about 24 hours a day. It's all I ever think about. Even when I'm at church, I'm thinking about, God, make me richer. God, help me with my money. I'll be honest with you, I think this is... A testament. I mean, this is, this is a, a reality, and there's a testament to this. I was actually very, uh, very saddened by something that I just recently heard. I have some friends, Chaldeans, who work for Chaldeans. And um, these Chaldeans own beautiful, very successful businesses, restaurants, and they own beautiful markets, and God bless. However, my friends who are Chaldean, were at Christmas with their family. One day a year. Christmas with their family. And they get a phone call from their Chaldean boss, and their Chaldean boss says to them, get to work right now. Uh, I'm sorry, it's Christmas, I'm with my family. La Christmas, wala batik. You know what that means? Not Christmas and nothing. There's no Christmas. Christmas is nothing. That's what that equals to. Jesus is nothing. So come to work. So these are Chaldeans who are opening up their businesses on Christmas Day. You have businesses that are not even Christian owned that are shutting down on Christmas Day. and and respecting their employees but we have Chaldean-owned businesses and God bless this is beautiful we have great businesses out there but we can't give one day like how much money are you really going to make in one day is it that worth it and the people that are coming to the restaurants are not even Catholics that's the sad part they're not even Christians they're from other religions so what are we telling those people? Oh, yeah, Jesus is not really that important. That's the testament that we're saying to these people. How proud are we of, of, of our faith, really? I mean, how much, how much do I really care, and how much am I really willing to sacrifice my material things for Jesus when it comes to Jesus? Because we all tell ourselves, "Oh yeah, Father, I know material things are not that important. I know that you know God comes first, and you know we, you know we, we have them and we all like them, but we know we know that God comes first. We all no no none of us really do that, uh, Father. We don't really put material things before God. But this is how you know if you really put material things before God when it comes to these little tests that come." Can you shut your business down for one day? If you can't, if you can't say no at all to material things, if you don't know how to accept the loss of some material things in your life, whatever that might be, that might be actually physically gold. There are family members that are fighting for pieces of gold, and they don't know how to let it go until today, 20 years later probably. Whether that's, you know, my business is not doing great, but Lord, I have a beautiful family, and right now this, I'm doing the best that I can. I offer it to you, God. It's the best that I can do. But here we are, as a community, who professes faith in Jesus, and every single day we're breaking our morality for the sake of just making more money. بِالْعَافْيَةُ Make money, that's great. But what did the kings or what did the, the wise men do? They bring it before the feet of Jesus. They realize that in the order of things, this needs to be at his feet. Because at the end of the day, material things, you know what they are? They're material. There's no difference between a rock and a piece of gold. They're both material things at the end of the day. They're both physically material things that are made up of little thousands and trillions of little molecules. It doesn't really actually make a difference. At the end of the day, it's all dirt before the feet of Jesus. But do we really see it that way? Do we really see it that way? We have to ask ourselves, we're going into a new year, guys. We're going into a new year. How do I want to start my new year? Focused on the same exact things that I was focused on this past year? How to make sure I can look good on the outside, perfectly on the outside? Because we're all doing a good job of that. What about the inside? What about me as a person? What about bringing all of these things to the feet of Jesus and saying, Jesus, they're nothing. You are worth more. My family is worth more. My children are worth more. Right? The second gift that they bring is frankincense. You know, frankincense is a symbol of God's presence. Anytime that there was frankincense it was a symbol that it was a symbol of of, of God being present and their prayers being our prayers being offered up to God's presence who is present here. How many of us today are in our relationship with God, are coming before the presence of God, and we're leading people to the presence of God? Not only are we leading people in the presence of God, but we're spending time with people who lead me to the presence of God. Meaning that when I'm with people, it's a fragrant offering to God. Because when I'm with them, we're talking about God. We're making each other better. We're challenging each other to be holy, to let go of whatever it is that we need to let go of, to forgive, and not to hold grudges, and and not to gossip, and not to make things worse. But we're actually saying, you know what? God is with you. God is bigger. God loves you. Praying together. How many of you guys have friends that when you're together, you actually pray together? Not just our Father and Hail Mary. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, like, you can literally sit with your friend and you can put your hand over them and you can just pray for them and say, you know what, Jesus, you're here, and Lord, I ask you to bless my friend. My friend is down. Like, how many of us do this? How many of us can pray that way with a friend who's down? Are we bringing ourselves and our friends that we love to the presence of God? Because, guys, God is present. I mean, whether we like this or not, God is present. He's always there. He's not just in the church. He's not just in here. He's present everywhere. Do we realize that? So are we bringing ourselves to the presence of God? And are we bringing others to the presence of God? And are we spending time with the people that are bringing me to the presence of God? Some questions we need to consider going into the new year. Myrrh. Myrrh is is a symbol of of, uh, an ointment that that is used in death. So they knew that this, this king is not only God, but God is going to die. And... You know, they've already suffered a lot, these guys, by traveling. They bring their suffering, even. Not only are they symbolizing Jesus' death, but they're realizing that if I'm going to worship you, Jesus, I've got to bring my suffering, too. Again, there is a cost. All of us are suffering with something. All of us. And that suffering is causing us to feel hopeless. Hopeless. It's causing us to feel like things are never going to change. Things are never going to get better. And it can feel like no matter what we're doing, things are never going to change. Well, look at, look at these men who traveled for so long. They probably felt like, when are we ever going to get to, to this guy? When are we ever going to make it to Jesus? When are we going to make it to this new king? They were probably exhausted after months of travel. Feel like they're never going to get there, but they finally, they get there. Today, you may feel like your suffering is causing you to want to run away from God rather than run to God, because every time you run to God, you think, well, I prayed, but nothing got better. Nothing changed. But my brothers and sisters, we do not pray only for things to change. We don't pray only for everything to go my way. When things don't go our way, when suffering is still there, I still have to run to the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, I give you the suffering that I got. I give it to you. I bring it to your feet, Lord. My health is not great. Jesus, I'm going to worship you with it. I'm going to worship you with with whatever illness I have. I'm going to worship you with this terrible marriage that I'm in. Jesus, I worship you. I offer it to you. The posture of these men are literally, these are men who are kneeling before a baby. They're like on the floor, they're prostrating. It's not like they're just like kneeling. They're literally kneeling, their whole body is on the floor before a little baby. That, my brothers and sisters, is the posture that we're going to have to take when we worship Jesus. Giving it all. Spending it all, Jesus. I'm spending everything that I got. I don't know what else I can offer you, Jesus. I'm offering you it all. My, I'm offering you my material things. I'm offering to you everybody that it's in my life, and Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm offering you even my suffering. Jesus, I give it all to you. And guys, you know what the best part of all of all, about all of this is that no matter how generous we think we are with God, Jesus is much more generous. Because he gives us the richness of the kingdom. He gives us the richness of his love. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, that sounds cute. Right? It doesn't sound like much. But when you know the love of God, St. Paul says that everything else is like poop in comparison to the love of God. He literally uses the word poop. Yeah. Everything else feels like nothing. So today... Let's make a a New Year's resolution. Ugh, I hate to to be honest with you. But they're good. They're good to have. And the only resolution that we really should have is that this year, Jesus, I'm going to do everything I can to continue to travel on this journey, and I'm not going to give up on this journey of worshiping you. I'm not going to give up, no matter how difficult it's going to be, I'm not going to give up on traveling to you getting closer to you every single day so that means that everything else in my life that's taking precedence Lord I'm giving it all to you how we all know how to do that you know as our father how do you get closer to God sin ask yourself the question you already know the answer but are we willing to take that journey are we willing to spend the cost so today Let's enter this new year, bringing ourselves, giving everything, not asking God, God, make sure that all these things are going to happen in this next new year. <laughs> oh, this is my new year. This is my year. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. This is my new year. No, it's not your year. It's God's year. It's not your year. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen in the next year, right? Right? This next new year, Lord, is your year. It's for you. Amen? Amen. Let's have a blessed new year, and let's enter this new year with Jesus. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen.